Hi everyone, November is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. As such, today's guest is Associate Professor Phoebe Phillips, a Senior Research Fellow in the Adult Cancer Program at the UNSW Lowy Cancer Research Centre, where she's Head of the Pancreatic Research Group. Pancreatic cancer is a particularly devastating form of cancer, which claims around seven lives in Australia every day. Pancreatic cancer is currently the third leading cause of cancer-related death, but is expected to become number two by 2030. Phoebe's current research focuses on identifying novel therapeutic approaches for pancreatic cancer, including targeting the extensive scarring, which has shown enhanced pancreatic cancer progression. You're listening to Gucci Voice. The signs that someone's body experiences are usually quite late in the disease onset in pancreatic cancer, but what tends to happen is there's multiple things that happen at once and you need to look out for these. And so if you have dramatic weight loss all of a sudden, combined with back pain, combined with abdominal pain, combined with yellow coloured skin from jaundice, these are all the things that you would want to go and get looked into uh, further from your doctor. Well, pancreatic cancer affects the pancreas and a lot of people in the community will understand that the pancreas really is about when you eat a meal, it helps you digest. Phoebe, welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today? Very well, thanks Marjorie. How are you? I'm good. Now, before we get into talking about your really important research, you work in the eastern suburbs, you used to live in the east. What is your favourite part about the eastern suburbs? Well, it was really a sad time for me when I had to move out to a different part of Sydney because I absolutely love the culture in Coogee and Randwick area, um, mainly because I work at the University of New South Wales. And so there's this really young student population. You've got everything nearby. The beaches are beautiful. The people are very special. Um, I have a lot of friends there. So it's a wonderful place. Phoebe, we've got you on the show today to talk about your important research with pancreatic cancer. Let's start at the beginning for our listeners. What is pancreatic cancer? Well, firstly, Marjorie, I'd just like to thank you for your ongoing passion. I know it's very personal for you to make a difference in pancreatic cancer and increase awareness. So what is it? Well, pancreatic cancer affects the pancreas and a lot of people in the community will understand that the pancreas really is about when you eat a meal, it helps you digest the food. And when it goes wrong, you get diseases such as diabetes and pancreatic cancer. And so pancreas is located between the stomach and the intestines. It's a fairly large organ and most of, most of you may not know where it sits, but it sits towards the back of all your abdominal organs. Pancreatic cancer at the moment is the third leading cause of, of cancer death in Australia. And unfortunately, it's on the rise. And so it's predicted to be the second leading cause of cancer death by 2025. Pancreatic cancer is a devastating disease. It has a pretty dismal prognosis with the vast majority of people only living between three and six months from diagnosis. Why is it such a devastating disease? It's a horrible, hideous cancer. And for those families and, and patients that go through it, they'll know exactly what, what we're talking about today. 
It's really bad because unfortunately, by the time patients present to their clinical team, it's very advanced. In other words, it's already spread often throughout the body. And because it's spread throughout the body, they're not eligible to have have a surgical procedure to remove that tumour. And so unfortunately, it's quite advanced. And that's why the the outcomes are really poor. And um, most patients, as you said, succumb to this hideous cancer within three to six months. The other major reason is that this tumour doesn't really respond very well to chemotherapy. So in fact, the best drug that we have for patients only increases their survival by a mere 16 weeks, which is clearly not good enough. And the reason for that is that these cells are very smart. They've they've created ways to overcome the sort of death mechanism that's required for chemotherapy to work. And I think also the, the lack of early detection is a major problem for patients with pancreatic cancer. Unlike other cancers like breast, we don't have an early detection method. And so unfortunately, you're relying on your body having fairly advanced symptoms for that early detection. Phoebe, this is a great segue. Tell us about your research. I feel very privileged to be a pancreatic cancer researcher. I like a challenge and certainly I've been trying to tap away at this disease for the last 20 years. So my research, touching on the points we just spoke about, is really focusing on trying to find a way to understand why these cancer cells are so resistant to standard chemotherapies. And what our research has uncovered is this tumour looks very different to any other tumour. It's surrounded by a dense scar tissue. And that scar tissue, actually imagine it squeezes on the blood vessels and it doesn't allow drugs to penetrate and reach the tumour. And so we've tried to find a way to tackle the helper cells which produce that scar. And we've got some really nice sort of breakthroughs and leads in that area. In fact, our research at the moment is very well advanced and we've just applied for funding for a clinical trial based on our research in uncovering that helper cell connection with tumour cells. The other part of our research is really we know now that that pancreatic tumours are very different. And what do I mean by that? Every patient has different genetic drivers in their tumour. And so we used to treat all patients in the same basket. And that's why we believe the therapies have failed a lot as well. And so rather than treating every patient in the same way, we now understand that we have to look at the individual biology of that patient's tumour. And so we're also looking at precision medicine. It's a fancy term in our, in our field. But for, for the patients to understand, it's, it's or the community, it's where you match a drug to the exact biology of the tumour. And so we can start to be more targeted. And I think we're starting to see big breakthroughs in, in this area for pancreatic cancer. Phoebe, It doesn't sound like it's all doom and gloom. Where have been the major advances in, say, the last decade? Huge advances. And I'm really lucky to be an Australian researcher because I think in Australia, we've really led the field. So I spoke about the heterogeneity, if you like, or the variation amongst pancreatic tumours in our population. 
And in fact, this was led by Australian research and our research were the first in the world to identify these helper cells. And that's been a big paradigm shift in the way we we think and look at pancreatic cancer. And now there are a number of clinical trials targeting precise genes that we know are altered and targeting these helper cells. So I think it's an exciting time in that sense. We are on the verge of, of finally understanding the, the most we can about the biology, and that's going to help us do better in terms of the treatment outcomes. And Phoebe, am I correct that actually this is the first time that the survival rate for pancreatic cancer has now reached double digits? Absolutely. And it's taken us a long time, (laughs) but that's huge. I mean, when I started in the field, the survival was less than 4%. And as you just pointed out, we're a little over the 10% mark now. So what can we do in the next five or 10 years? Hopefully double that again, minimum. And I think one of the major reasons why we've been delayed is the lack of support for research. We know that there's a direct correlation between every dollar invested and what the outcomes are. A nice example to illustrate this is in the breast cancer space. It has received a multi-pronged approach from philanthropy, from government, from, you know, survivors. The survivorship's really important because they can advocate for more support. And look what's happened there. 95% survival. It was under 10% at one point as well. So that's the sort of hope and that's what we can do with investment in research. Phoebe, one of the challenges with pancreatic cancer is that the signs that you have it can be a little bit innocuous. Can you just educate us a little bit more on what the signs are and what people should be watching out for? Yes, you're absolutely spot on there, Marjorie. I think one of the issues is the signs that someone's body experiences are usually quite late in the disease onset in pancreatic cancer. But what tends to happen is there's multiple things that happen at once and you need to look out for these. And so if you have dramatic weight loss all of a sudden, combined with back pain, combined with abdominal pain, combined with yellow coloured skin from jaundice. These are all the things that you would want to go and get looked into uh, further from your doctor. If you have early onset or all of a sudden you develop diabetes and, and that's another reason that you should get properly evaluated as well. I think the other thing um, is if you have a family history of pancreatic cancer, it's really important to inform your doctor that that is the case and certainly um, monitor specific genetic changes that they know are linked to only a small fraction of, of patients is familial pancreatic cancer, but they're the main things. COVID-19 has changed the landscape for so many industries. How has it impacted yours and the Lowy Institute's capacity to be able to do research? Certainly, the first thing I want to say is I think um, it's not just our field or our sector or, or, or us as researchers that's been affected. It's the patients themselves. It's the whole community. And you know very well that with everything you're dealing with in, in government. So I don't want it to seem like it's been extra tough on us. It's tough across every, every uh, sector this year. But what it has done is I think... It's shone a light. We knew that the funding for research had been static almost since 2011. 
And this has just placed more pressure because for months of this year, we had limitations on how much work we could do, the types of research we could do so that we could maintain on the social distancing requirements that were fairly put in place to prevent the, the ongoing spread of COVID. And we can't get that that funding back. So there's been lost salaries across the whole sector in research. And certainly government was doing their best to, I guess, keep the usual funding streams open to us. However, they were delayed. And as a consequence of the delay in grants opening, outcomes are delayed by up to six months. And that means that contracts won't be able to renew, be renewed. On top of that, universities relied heavily on international students and for their for their income and actually that helps support people like me in in a research academic setting and unfortunately there's been major restructure and significant job losses currently where I'm working over 490 job losses at UNSW. Phoebe they are absolutely devastating numbers we know that the cuts to universities has been damaging. We know that the absence of JobKeeper has been devastating for universities. This is going to have a really long-term impact. And I think it's a massive slap in the face to universities who have been leading the way, not only in terms of current research when it comes to research, clinical research like what you're doing now, but immediately in terms of finding a COVID-19 vaccine. Do you have any comments on that? I absolutely agree with you, Marjorie. I think the impacts, we're feeling them immediately now. And and I know myself um, that I will lose people from my team that I've invested years in training and that are now considered experts internationally. But across the whole sector, I'd hate to estimate it. And there's some numbers that will come out very shortly across the country. But you're talking about losing the intellectual capacity that needs to be equipped for emergencies like COVID. And in future, we won't be equipped. So once you lose those thousands and thousands of jobs, there's no coming back from that, unfortunately, because it takes years to build up that level of expertise where you can actually drive research from start to finish and that you build a skill set up in your specific, for me, it's pancreatic cancer. I'm still learning. And, and, but it's taken me this long to really have inroads into the disease and its treatment outcomes. Phoebe, I couldn't agree with you more. As a former university academic, as a former researcher, our universities are so fundamental, not just now, but in terms of ensuring that even future generations of kids are able to be educated, have skills, are able to then be the backbones and leaders of our new economies and society. Um, I've been incredibly vocal about how the federal government has been treating our universities. I think it is abhorrent um, and it is going to have long-term damaging impacts on our society which we are going to be feeling for decades to come. Now Phoebe before you go there are three questions that we ask all of our visitors on Coogee Voice. You have to declare your favourite beach in the eastern suburbs, the best place to get coffee and where sells the best hamburgers. Go. It's easy for me. The favourite beach is Coogee Beach and my favourite cafe right on the beach where I used to go for coffee and I've been a bit slack this year um, is Barzura. 
great location and follow a coffee with a walk on the beach. You're going to have to educate me and I clearly don't get out enough, Marge, because I don't know the best burger place to go to. So you're going to have to update me on that. Well, Phoebe, I've got to say what you should do the next time that you're at UNSW and you want to take your staff out for lunch, you need to head down to Little Elle's and go and see Sandy and ask Sandy to get you one of the burgers that I eat and she will make you a delicious Portuguese chicken burger that I am sure that you will love. Perfect. Phoebe, before you go, if people want to learn more about your research and how they can support it, where should they head to? Yes, of course, uh, we can only do what we do with with the generous support of the community. And so you can head to the UNSW alumni website and under foundation and giving and look up my fund, which is the Phillips Pancreatic Cancer Fund. And I'm sure that you'll have those details available for members that want to donate. Thanks, Marge. We'll put the details of your foundation into the link. And I do encourage people, if you do have a little bit of extra cash, uh, November is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month and your money goes towards very needed and important research. Phoebe, thank you for joining us on Could You Voice. Thank you very much for having me. And again, it's very personal for both of us. We both want to have a big impact in this. And so I appreciate your ongoing support. Thanks, Marjorie. What an insightful conversation. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Phillips' research, head over to the UNSW Lowy Research Centre. You can also make a tax-deductible donation towards this important research. You've been listening to Could You Voice. Mm-hmm.